This is a podcast from the Business Times. Starting the week, Singapore stocks rose in early trade following gains in US and Europe markets. The Straits Times Index rose 0.2% at the open and closed in the green up 0.2% to 3,239.31 points. On Tuesday, Singapore stocks fell in early trade. BSDI slid 0.1% at the open and closed marginally higher, rising about 0.2% to 3,245.27 points. At the midweek, Singapore stocks opened in negative territory after interest rate hike fears spread across global markets overnight. BSDI was down 0.3% at 3,235.95 points at the open. The U.S. Federal Reserve Chair's testimony had not only opened the door to more interest rate hikes, but also sent investors in Asian markets scurrying for the exit. The SDI, together with key stock indexes in the Asia-Pacific, closed lower. And on Thursday, Singapore stocks opened in positive territory. The SDI gained 0.2% at the open, but was in lockstep, with most markets in the Asia-Pacific closing in the red. The SDI slid 0.4%, closing at 3,214.51 points. It's Friday, March 10th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore stocks opened in the red following a retreat on Wall Street amid worries over the financial sector. The SDI slid 0.6% to 3,194.73 points in early trade. Here's Amelia Tan, market analyst at SGX Securities, wrapping the trading week. In the week to date, the SDI declined half a percent in price returns, while the regional FTSE Asia-Pacific Index returned flattish. Majority of Asian markets declined during the week, with the exception of Japan. Markets sold off after US Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell on Tuesday cautioned that interest rates are likely to hit higher and even possibly faster than central bank policymakers had expected. His remarks could carry two implications. Either the terminal rate could be higher or markets could possibly see accelerated rate hike paces. Current market pricing moved higher following Powell's remarks to a range of 5.5% to 5.75%, according to CME Group data. After his opening testimony, investors increasingly expect a half-point move in March. The S&P 500 declined about 1.5% overnight Tuesday, and the local IH Street Index dipped 1.6% correspondingly. Looking back in the Singapore market, Outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were Thomson Medical Group, Cortina Holdings, and Golden Agri Resources. On the other hand, underperformers for the week were led by Fraser and Neve, Digital Core REIT, and Bumitama Agri. In terms of institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through to 8 March, we observed net institutional fund outflows of 314 million Sing dollars. By sector, the highest net outflows over the last five sessions were seen across financial services at $222 million, followed by REITs at $70 million, and real estate excluding REITs at $25 million. On the other hand, consumer cyclicals saw the highest net inflows of $21 million, followed by utilities at $14 million and consumer non-cyclicals at $9 million. Largest outflows were seen in DBS, UOB and Semcot Marine, while largest inflows were seen across Genting Singapore, Singapore Airlines and Semcorp Industries. 
For more passive investors, the SGX-listed ETFs that saw the most trading activity in the week include the Lion OCBC Securities Hang Seng Tech ETF, both STI ETFs, the SPDR Gold Shares ETF, and the CSOP IHS Read Leaders ETF. David Gek, senior correspondent from the Business Times News Desk, joins us to share her take of the week's drivers. Petgek, markets in the region and beyond saw downward pressure, was the main driver of the threat of higher interest rates in the US. Well, Clarissa, the international financial markets this week were held ransom by the spectre of higher policy rates from the United States Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve Chair's testimony to the Senate on Tuesday opened the door to higher interest rates and led to a tumble on Wall Street. The Asia-Pacific markets were mostly in the red as well, due to the hawkish Fed speak. Dow Jones was down nearly 3.3% over the week by Thursday market close. Nasdaq Composite dropped by 3% and S&P 500 slid 3.1%. MSCI Asia Asia Pacific, the broadest index of Asia Pacific shares, slipped 0.6%. Shanghai Composite was 1.6% lower over the week as investor sentiment has been affected by dismal trade data published on Tuesday. Meanwhile, the hawkish statement benefited the greenback and lifted the US two-year Treasury note to a 15-year record high, breaching 5%. This in turn caused the yield curve to be inverted further, as the 10-year yield did not change much at slightly under 4%. An inverted yield curve has been said to be a recession indicator. Brent crude slipped by about 3% over the week to Thursday as the economic impact of rising interest rates weighed on the commodity. Singapore's key barometer dipped 0.5% over the week, with the Straits Times Index being about 18 points or 0.5% lower as at Thursday close. As the Fed chair emphasised that interest rate decisions will be data-dependent, investors now focus their attention on non-farm payroll data to be published later this evening. Still to come, we look at notable news for the week with Amelia. Join senior correspondent Leslie Yee on Property BT for insights to help you on your property investment journey. Every fourth Thursday of the month, with your trusted partner for property information, go to bt.sg podcasts to download. And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Amelia, in a quarterly survey of professional forecasters by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, private sector economists have slightly raised their forecast for Singapore's economic growth in 2023 to 1.9%. Could you expand on these and highlight other notable news to take into the week ahead? Clarissa, there was quite a bit of Singapore economic news. First off, Singapore's retail sales dipped 0.8% in January year-on-year, mainly on lower motor vehicle sales, which corresponded with lower certificates of entitlement quota. This marked the reversal from the 7.7% increase in December. Excluding motor vehicle sales, retail sales would have been higher from a year-ago period, expanding about 2.1%, slightly lower than the previous month of 9.8% in December. Analysts expect domestic demand to stay soft in the first half of the year, but also noted that this year's budget support measures will cushion some of the slowdown in demand from rising inflation and the GSC hike, while tourism may also help to buoy retail sales of China's reopening. Singapore's Purchasing Managers Index reading inched up 0.2 in February to 50 after five straight months of contraction. A PMI reading above 50 means growth from the previous month, 
while a reading below 50 indicates contraction. Improvements for February were largely led by China's reopening and reduced recession risks in major economies such as the US and Europe. Singapore's improved PMI reading is in line with regional markets, with the exception of Japan and South Korea. In a quarterly survey of professional forecasters by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, private sector economists have slightly raised their forecast for Singapore's economic growth in 2023 to 1.9%, marginally higher from the 1.8% in the previous December survey. This growth is projected to accelerate to 2.5% in 2024. Their core inflation forecast edged up to 4.1% from 4% before, while headline inflation forecast slipped to 5% from 5.2% before. The new headline inflation projection remains below MAS's estimate of 5.5% to 6.5%. Most survey respondents do not expect MAS to tighten policy further at its meetings this year, after it recentered the Singapore dollar nominal effective exchange rate policy band upwards at its last meeting in October 2022. In property, resale prices of HDB flats for February stopped increasing for the first time since June 2020, ending a 31-month rally according to flash estimates released by SRX and 99.co. Resale volumes dipped to their lowest level since May 2020. Volumes fell 28.2% from the month before to over 1,800 HDB flats and were 2.9% lower year-on-year. The number of million-dollar flat transactions in February fell 40% from the month before, with 24 such deals taking place. This was the lowest monthly tally since April 2022. Amelia, more earnings reports were released this week. Could you give us some highlights and the corporate news worth noting? Yes, certainly. Let me start with Keppel Corporation's property arm, Keppel Land, which is divesting its full 100% interest in a company that owns the rights to build and operate a hotel in Myanmar at a cash consideration of approximately 57 million US dollars, which exceeds the company's net asset value of approximately 44 million. The group says that the divestment is in line with Keppel's Vision 2030 asset monetization plans to unlock capital for new growth opportunities. Yang Zhang Financial is partnering with Singapore-based fund manager Dahan Capital Management to invest in private credit assets in Asia. The partnership is viewed as a strategic move to diversify the group's portfolio and promote sustainable growth in the region. It added that it sees great opportunities ahead for Asia private credit assets in view of the secular growth trend in the region and the required funding needs. Costco Shipping has formed a 49-51 joint venture with its associate Supply Fortune to invest in logistics infrastructure assets. Costco said on Tuesday that its joint venture will create a digital supply chain investment platform while allowing the group to further develop the supply chain market in Southeast Asia and to lease such assets for rental income. Lianbing Group has secured a new construction project, bumping up the group's construction order book in Singapore to some 2.1 billion Sing dollars. The order book is expected to provide a sustainable flow of activity through financial year 2027. In the group's most recent update in February, its total order book was at 1.9 billion. Fortress Minerals, Malaysian iron ore concentrate producer and exporter, received new prospecting licenses in Sabah extending its operations at two new areas. Under the licenses, the company has up to December 2024 to undertake the prospecting activities, and Fortress plans to spend up to 30 million Malaysian ringgit 
in exploration activities for both projects. Both areas are known to be rich in mineral resources, including copper, iron ore, nickel and cobalt. Wrapping up earnings season, some notable results announcements in the past week. Jardine Matheson announced a 5% increase in underlying net profit to shareholders to $1.6 billion US dollars for FY 2022, mainly driven by strong performance by Estra and its other Southeast Asian businesses held by Jardine Cycle and Carriage. Its underlying earnings per share increased 14% to $5.49. However, overall net profit for the period was down 81% to $354 million, mainly attributed to net non-trading items which had a negative position versus a positive position last year. Hong Kong Land announced a 20% decline in underlying profit to shareholders to $766 million US dollars for FY 2022. The group managed an overall profit attributable to shareholders of $203 million, reversing from a net loss recorded in 2021. Profitability of the group declined mainly due to lower contributions from the development properties business in the second half of 2022 after a record performance in 2021. DFI Retail Group reported a 72% decrease in underlying profit to shareholders to $29 million US dollars for FY 2022. The group posted an overall net loss of $115 million, primarily driven due to $171 million impairment loss related to the group's investment in Robinson's retail. Lower full-year profit is also seen due to the continuing impact of the pandemic, inflationary pressure and change in consumer sentiments. The group expects its performance to improve in 2023 and added that its performance will largely depend on the recovery of its health and beauty and restaurants businesses in Hong Kong. Let me leave you with some economic indicators we are looking for in the week ahead. Australia will publish its unemployment rate, Japan will announce trade data, and China will release its retail sales and industrial output. Peggy, thanks for that. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Amelia Tan, Market Analyst at SGX Securities, and Tepek Gek, Senior Correspondent with the Business Times News Desk. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or, via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.